Hello and welcome to the Perusia podcast. I'm Shabul Raish, your host, and we are in the middle of Advent. We're preparing for Christmas and uh, a few things are happening at the moment. We are in the middle of the Advent pilgrimage and uh, day 18 today. Uh, Jeff Cavins has just been released. He gave a talk on, on the Blessed Virgin Mary. What a beautiful meditation that was. And tomorrow we transition into the Las Posadas Novena. So get ready. We have Bill Snyder, who is a, also a co-host for the pilgrimage, and he's going to be speaking on a call to hope, the first theme of the nine-day novena. And check that out. We're going to have a few live uh, speakers from Mexico who are going to share some of their uh, their Hispanic uh, um, traditions and, and sort of touch on what it was like growing up with the Las Posadas Novena. So it's going to be a lot of fun over the next nine days leading up to Christmas. We are now on the home straight leading into the birth of our Lord. As you can see the statue next to me, this is um, baby Jesus with me and that's who we're preparing for. Now we do have a very special guest today. Um, now I've only known this person only a few months now, just discovered about her story and it is it is amazing. Um, if you've ever thought growing up, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, you want to be famous. You want to be an actor or an actress. You'd love to be a model, maybe. Or, well, this person's done it all, um, and I can tell you, not. I, I would have to say, a new creation. I mean, she, she will share uh, whether or not it was as good as we think it is on that side uh, uh, of the fence. But she's found Christ, and I think uh, life is even. Better, if I could say that. Um, her name is Joelle Marin. She joins me live from the United States. Let's cross over to her now. Hello, Joelle. How are you? I am doing amazing, and I wish that one day we're together in Australia. It would be great. That's but right. you know, you know, technology. It has been. There's been so many uh, humbling moments so far, where things have happened or buttons haven't been pressed. I've learned so much. I've come to really appreciate people that have those gifts, but also, you know, I'm thankful and very grateful that we're able to communicate this way. So even at a dark time when we can't be together in person, that we find a way we make do and to know that God is with us and with all of us and everyone listening to this today. So I'm delighted to be here. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Me. Thanks for joining us. You have an amazing story and, and I've um, I've seen some of the videos. You've, you've been on Shalom World. You've been on EWTN. You, you've been on, on, on various Catholic um, outlets, as well as secular ones, uh, before before your conversion. But uh, can we touch a little bit about um, your story and go back to the beginning? And I, I do understand that it is the season of Advent that, um, that is, is a big part of what your uh, part of your testimony. So why don't we why don't we go back to the a bit of your upbringing? Are you a cradle Catholic yourself? Um, and and, and yes. tell us a bit about life uh, growing up. Sure, absolutely. Well. I was born and raised in the faith, and honestly, I was just a really prayerful little girl. I still, to this day, I think back to my relationship with God in those younger years, and it was just so full of life. I really, that simple childlike faith that we spend the rest of our lives trying to get back to, I had. Just Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's that's it. He loves us. He can do miracles. He's amazing. This image of an amazing father who's so loving and kind. And, you know, Jesus died to save us. Like just very simple foundational truths that I knew with my whole heart. And when I prayed to God, even as a young age, at a young age, it was a true relationship. I would ask for things and then I'd watch things unfold in my life and knew my prayers were answered. And it, it was a very real, you know, a true living faith. But um, when I was six years old, of all things, a week before Christmas on December 18th, 
our Advent wreath caught on fire. Someone forgot to blow out the candle. So what was supposed to be this amazing, hopeful, joyful time of the year, which God eventually did resurrect for me, was a very painful time. Um, the whole front of the house was gone by the time I got out. I, I literally, you know, almost died in the fire, barely made it out. Uh, my father carried me through the flames. There's there's so many details I just can't get into mm -hmm. today. Um, but my sister, Maria, who was 11 at the time, unfortunately didn't make it out of the house and oh. that's tragic and she died in the fire she breathed she inhaled too much smoke it was it was something that we couldn't wrap our minds around you know as a family and that grief so three months later on my seventh birthday i um i had this idea that i was going to give to god everything that i had and i didn't have much because i lost literally everything mm -hmm. In the fire, my life was burnt down to the ground, clothes, toys, and now my family was a mess. So I'm like, I have to do something. So people had donated dolls to me. And one of the dolls I had was my sister Maria's. It was that Cabbage Patch doll that was very a big thing back then. And um, it had like even burn marks on it and a musty smell. And But it was hers, so it was my treasure. So I just kind of laid out these treasures to God, all these dolls. And I made the shape and size of my sister Maria. And I prayed three times with all of my heart for God to raise her from the dead because I knew he could, <laughs> because I believed, you know, in the gospel and I knew the works that Jesus did. And I just prayed, I said, please raise her, Lord, please. And when he didn't on the third and the third time, my faith was broken because as a little girl, I lost that hope. I lost that, you know, why would God allow? And this is a question I think mm -hmm. for everyone listening to this that we all go through at some point in our lives. Why would a good and gracious God allow tragedy in our lives? Why would he allow death? Why would he allow pain and, and the breakups of relationships and the loss of jobs and all this struggle? And I just, I didn't understand, you know, that we're not promised this easy life without any bumps in the road, but we're promised you know, a life in Christ and in union with him, we get through the crosses in our life and obviously the hope of heaven and being united with the communion of saints. I didn't get that. So at that moment, I had a choice to make. Was I going to turn towards God or away from him? And unfortunately, I still, I went to mass, you know, I went through the motions, but in my heart, I turned away. In my yeah. heart, I lost that trust and that faith that God is good and gracious and, um, Sorry, I got an interruption. And I just, um, I think it was then that I just, as I went through the motions, I became lukewarm and I started checking boxes. I started going after the other gods of the world, you know, and becoming desensitized, which is a huge thing in our culture right now. We're, so many of us are desensitized yes. to the truth and to the hope. And honestly, if we watch too much of the news, we'll forget that <laughs> that. Jesus did come to save us and that this isn't where our story ends. But so I checked all those boxes and everything left me just more empty and more empty. And I was, you know, an actress and model. And, and I thought that these things were going to fill me. It was like, oh, if I just can do this, if I could just work with this celebrity, if I just get this next job, you know, then I'm worth something. I was getting my worth and identity from false gods and from idols. And then I owned a cosmetic company for seven years. And I flew out to Los Angeles. It was uh, supposed to be this dream come true trip to Hollywood. And I found myself on a rooftop in Hollywood, Hollywood sign behind me. I had on a $4,000 dress that um, was just given to me if I just mentioned the name of the designer. And I look in this compact mirror at this one moment and 
I realized I had no idea who was looking back at me. Like I didn't recognize who I was. I didn't know. I was, yeah, the world thought it looked amazing. Mm. Oh, if you have this, you'll be happy. If you have that, you'd be happy. If you have this outfit, this job, this, you know, you just fill in the blank, these lies, you know, and without God, we have nothing. And so I can't get into all the details, but that night was just a disaster. And I spent that night um, probably about two or three o'clock in the morning crying on the shower floor of a fancy hotel room in um, West Hollywood. And I just, I was just crying for the first time in years, praying a true prayer of the heart. And I think this is the turning point is where my heart was finally open. And I said, you know, Lord, I need you. I don't have this anymore. I'm lost. I need you to find me. I need to know who I am and get my worth from you. And I truly believe, you know, that that opening of my heart was when things started to turn around. And when I turned, returned back to Austin, so I'm from New York, live, Um, lived in California for a while. Now I was in Austin, Texas, which is where I am right now. Um, When I returned back from this trip to Hollywood, now with a heart open, I was given an extraordinary grace. And this is, I think, the part I really want to focus on um, for everyone listening, because it it applies to the whole world. All of this applies to us, right? Whatever gets burnt down in our life, God doesn't want to leave us in the fires. He wants to carry us through the flames. He wants to resurrect our life. And he's not just doing it for me. And I'm not special. And I didn't get this because I'm special. I didn't get this because I'm a saint. I got this because I was so far gone and so far lost. And God wants you to hear this message, this message of love and mercy. But what happened was I'm back home. I'm walking through my clo- uh, through my bathroom on the way to my closet of all places because I was all about still about clothes and <laughs> and how I looked. And um, I had this experience. It, it's so hard to put into words, and but I'm going to do my best. It was like I saw my whole life flash before my eyes. I saw all my sins in full light. And this is not a pretty picture. And so I don't, I want to, I just want you to know the pain that I felt. If your soul mm-hmm. is anywhere where I was, I, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm already praying for you. I hope you're not where I was, but I just, when you see your soul in full light and how you offend the Lord, it hurts so much. That's where his justice is. My story's one of mercy. I'm going to get to that. But the justice is that when we see how much God loves us, when we see how much we haven't loved it's so painful. And I saw the ripple effects of all my actions. I saw who followed me, who followed them, who followed them. And and the layers deep, the ripple effect wow. of everything that we do in life. All it's at once. Was that, what we can't see. It's fascinating yeah. what you're describing there. Um, I mean, that that's that's a grace, right? To be able to see, um, I guess, what, what, what we'll be like, what, what, what state we're in. Um, some people are blind to that. And so if you're able to see that, yes. Um, and as you describe, I mean, as scary as it was, as real as it was, it was just what you needed um, at that point in life to to sort of be that 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 turning point. Um, there's a yeah. lot in what you just said. I just want a, a bit of a timeline. You were mm-hmm. a so we went from a you were a seven year old girl, and then we fast forwarded. Is it, are we talking right through teenagers? You're an adult now. Were you sort of in your twenties? Um, around this time? Were you having a successful career up until that point as a cosmetic um, owner, right? You own the company. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, and I I was telling people their problem in life was that they didn't know how to draw their eyeliner on, right? (laughs) And sometimes women tell me at, at, you know, events and speaking events are like, no, Joelle, that's really my problem. And I'm like, (laughs) 
Okay, well, maybe you don't know how to draw your eyeliner on, but I promise you your problems are much bigger than that, you know, but it was just, it was all these, um, these things that were not filling me that I had gotten so lost and I was blinded. And so, you know, and this is in the catechism, St. Faustina talks about it, who can stand before the thrice holy God and see the state of their soul. St. Padre Pio talks about this. So, you know, what I experienced, I'm not the only one, actually, I'm after, you know, it took me two years to get a name for this. I guess it's called like an illumination of conscience or an illumination of soul. I didn't even know there were other people that had this, you know, but we're all going to see this like in full light. And that's why it's so important to stay close to the sacraments and, you know, and really, you know, understand that sin does blind us. Sin does separate us. But in this moment, the depths of what I was shown as, as painful as it was to see um, all my sins, what the Lord showed me, it was almost like shown to me as a good column. I don't know how to explain this, but like I was shown that there's a good column, a column to love, the column to be who you're created to be, like all the gifts and graces and sins of omission are in this column. And I was shown that the good column, the column to love, weighed more than my worst sin. And that wow. blew my mind. I, I, had to, I had to really meditate on that and pray on that for years until I realized, and I didn't even know the scriptures at the time, that love covers a multitude of sins, but I saw it in full light. And then I thought about that. Well, you know, is God saying sin's okay? No, he's saying that if you're loving, if you're filling your good column, if you're being who you're supposed to be, then we're not going to be sinning anyway. We're not going to be wasting our time on that. We're going to be so full of light. We're going to be seeing clearly and following, you know, and I think we forget that God actually has a plan for us, that he's not this mean God that doesn't want to use us. He calls us to participate in his plan. He calls us to bring his light to others, to bring that hope. And none of us are the same. We have to stop trying to be like each other. You know, they say comparison is the thief of joy. It is. You know, no one's going to be us but us. So let's just be us fully alive and realize that these gifts and graces are there for a reason to build the kingdom, to come together in communion and unity. You know, and for years, I, I was just so afraid of fire. I was living in this, you know, even I, I, I want to also paint this picture after I had this experience. Obviously, I ran back to the Lord. I read the Bible in two months, which I don't recommend <laughs> to anyone to just read it front to back. You know, we have like the Great Adventure Bible yeah, that's right. and Get other the you know, reading plans. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah don't, don't read it front to back because some of the Old Testament stuff out of context can be kind of scary mm -hmm. and doom and gloom. <laughs> and God is this loving and merciful you know, God. And so I think, you know, obviously this experience turned me back to the church within five months. I was praying. I was, as I'm reading the Bible about Jesus being lost in the temple, I was like, Lord, where is this temple? I want to get lost in your temple. And the Catholic church just came to mind over and over, you know, every time I prayed it. And I'd been away for 12 years from the church. Wow. And um, returning back to the church, returning back to the sacraments is really where the, the healing truly began. And I want to also paint this picture too, you know, and I have a book coming out, God willing, next year, you know, all in God's Praise timing. God. It's a, a healing journey. It's not like you encounter God and like, say tonight you go to bed and God shows you your sins or, you know, it's not a once and done deal. It's a relationship. It's the, our father prayer. It's coming daily and working over and over with the Lord on like, 
how can I know better who I am in you? How can I serve you better? How can I love you better? How can I see you in others? You know, and that's really, that's tr true Christian perfection is, is when we can start to see God in others, even the person that's being mean to us to just find the good in them. Because right now in this darkness and in this culture and with everything going on in the world, our thoughts will tend to go towards the darkness. Oh, doom and gloom. But we have to stay focused again on that good column to not lose sight, to still get up in the morning, to do what we can do and to bring our light to others. So, you know, I also want to say I went to adoration. I am a huge fan of spending time in silence and adoration. I spent four years in formation as a secular Carmelite. You can imagine the people <laughs> around me are like, okay, you were doing what? And now you're doing this? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> Everyone thought, I'll be honest, people thought I was like a religious nut for a while until God started fulfilling his promises. And obviously, you know, now I don't think anyone can argue with it. This is God's work. You know, I completely changed industry. He opens the doors when you are doing what he wants. He figures out the way, right? He's the way maker. Right. But I spend time in adoration. I spend a lot of time still. But one day I went in like with a pen and paper and I said, I'm not leaving here until you tell me the lies that are in my heart, the things that are keeping me from knowing who I truly am in you. Because just because I encountered the Lord doesn't mean that I really knew who I was or that I was rooted and grounded in the scriptures yet. I mean, this takes time and study and, mm -hmm. and really you have to go over things over and over in your heart and your mind before it stays connected or where the world can't knock you down, where the enemy can't knock you down, where you say, you know what, no, here's the truth and here's where I stand. So I didn't have that yet. And so as I prayed, I thought like maybe one or two lies in my heart would come to mind and I wrote them down. No. Charbel, over 80 lies, you know, the whole wow. paper filled up, which just came to mind, just, oh my goodness, the things I believed about myself, mm -hmm. the things that we believe about ourselves mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. terrible. And it's all of us, right? Just fill in the blank. I'm not whatever enough. The yeah. culture, other people, you know, our own insecurities, we don't feel enough until we truly encounter Christ. And, and the conversion is not once and done. It's every day. And, and whenever someone tries to knock us down or the enemy tries to creep in with a lie, we have to go back and, and say, Lord, who do you say I am? Why am I here? You know, how do I handle this situation? What do I do during this dark time? How can I still be your light? Because people want to dim your light. This is, they do. there's so much of what you're saying here. We've got to unpack a lot of it. It's just, um, <laughs> okay, can we, can we talk about now, you were on a journey to, to, to full fulfillment, and that's why you, you, you had the career you had. You were on that way, and, and then it wasn't until you saw yourself in that, in that, that little mirror, you're at Hollywood, top of the world. What the world tells you is, is what we're, we're longing for. We're longing for fame, longing for, for that. That's where we'll find happiness. You have it all, but you know, and this is where the lie is, it's empty. It's, it's, not, it's not fulfilling. And when you, when you then had that encounter, that sort of um, illumination of the soul, that's, I mean, that's a gift. Uh, not many people have that. Um, instantly, you said uh, life changed. Um, and our, there was a journey, obviously, with, with uh, your formation. And, and, and it sounds like you've got lots of great formation and, 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 and uh, very deep um, prayer life. But tell us... Uh, you know, this light, what I'm hearing is we think we will find happiness on one particular path. 
And when you revealed all of your problems, like we're trying to puff up our pride in, in, in the world. So the idea is I am everything. I am number one. I am the message <laughs> of the world tells us, you know, to be yourself. But on the flip side, the lie is we are all pretty much um, followers. We, 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 all fo- we all follow the, we're not really individuals today. We do follow a herd mentality in the sense that, you know, mm. uh, Hollywood is a certain particular type of person, um, particular personality. Uh, the model and fashion industry, you know, you've got to fit a particular mold. Um, you know, when, when you look about in the music industry, the, the, you've got to fit in a particular narrative in the world and you're not very individual. So that where the lie is, is you don't get to be yourself, um, really. You're, you're hidden behind some sort of mask. When you truly get exposed to yourself, it rocks your world. <laughs> and now um, you get to, to really truly find yourself. Tell us about how hard that is. I mean, how, people who are now, you mentioned quite a few things. Yes, we're not worthy when you compare yourself to Christ. Yes, we're not worthy when we see it. But you had to find, you are a child of God. You had to really rediscover who you are and made in, in his image and likeness. And you, and you were drawn to him. And, and, and now I just see you on fire, literally. And that's what the theme of today is going to be. Um, tell us, it's not an easy, the transition, was, it wasn't an overnight sort of switch. You, you mentioned yeah. a couple of years there. Um, how did you know where to go, who to turn to? Advice, where to get advice from. I mean, that's difficult you know, yes. if you don't know where to go. Oh, Tell yeah. us a little bit about that's... where you began in after that uh, illumination of the soul. Or yeah, conscience. you know, there, and there's a lot there to talk yes. about as well because, you know, and I think it was St. JP too says that man finds himself be- becoming a gift to others, mm. whereas the world and even our the concupiscence in us makes us lean more towards what I what do I want? What do I want? And then mm. as you feed your selfish desires, you actually end up empty because you've now disconnected yourself, you know, from yeah. the communion well. of others. You know, I have this, um, I've done this before in a group setting, whereas like if you put, you know, theoretically Jesus in the middle, the light of the world, and everyone stands in a circle around the light, right? And if you're facing outward and you're not facing towards the light, nobody can see each other. And that's what selfishness does. That's what the worldly desires do. But as soon as everybody turns towards the light, not only can they see Jesus, the light of the world, but now that everybody can see each other and that communion is restored so when you put christ in the center of your life when you put Mm -hmm. him in the middle of all things it not only connects you to who you're supposed to be but you begin to see everyone around you and especially in a new light and so yeah this has been a huge journey and you know the lord led me um, to an amazing spiritual director I literally went right into spiritual direction right after I returned to the church because I'm like, what happened to me? What was this? And and I didn't have the answers. And it took years of unfolding to really, again, I don't understand the depths of what happened. And people say to me, oh, Joelle, you know, I they were like jealous that it happened to me and not them. I'm like, oh, no, you yeah. don't know what you're saying. Like, I've had to dedicate my whole life <laughs> to telling everybody this. And there's a lot that comes with that. So, uh, mm-hmm. again, everybody has a different calling. This God has called me to be a, a messenger of his love, right? But I, how do you 
do that if you don't know what love is. And so through this journey on spiritual with my spiritual director, it took a four and a half year discernment, three and a half or four and a half year discernment to close the doors of my cosmetic company, you know, and I would still be going to these events and traveling to Los, uh, Las Vegas and California and New York and, and uh, Dallas and, and still trying to sell makeup to people. But I'm, but I found myself the whole time talking about inner beauty where I had people coming up to me after saying, are you trying to sell makeup or God? And I was like, well, God, really, you know, <laughs> but I just, I just want people to know they're beautiful. I want them to know they're loved. And so after a long discernment, I, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't tell people that that was their problem. There was just so much um, that I wanted to say, and I was working with homeless uh, youth. And so through discernment, I closed the doors to my cosmetic company in December, 2015. Um, and I didn't have a job lined up. But God provided. And, and, you know, it's we just sometimes have to step out in faith and mm-hmm. see where things go. And so I've been in full-time ministry ever since within a few months. I got um, a full-time job as director of high school youth ministry and confirmation. And then the Lord um, had me start speaking. And now um, I'm now a full-time Catholic speaker. Obviously, we're in a different era with a lot of the big events closed, but I'm still speaking. I, you know, uh, do quite a bit of talks and yes. still have a lot lined up. Praise God, um, even if the formats have changed a bit. Um, and I had got my certification in the Catechesis on Human Love, <laughs> and so wow. who would ever think the person that didn't love now teaches and preaches? love while well, I'm still working on it, you know? And so sometimes I laugh, like I'm supposed to be a relationship expert. And then I realize how much further I have to go that we're just in this journey, right? You can only learn so much from a book where we really learn is that human experience and, mm-hmm. and having to forgive others and having to forgive ourselves and having to ask for forgiveness. And, and it's not easy. And um, I will say I have in the middle of my house it's 1 Corinthians 13, I think, 4 through 8. And it's, you know, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is. And, and a lot of times when I'm mad at someone, I'll stand in front of that and I'll be like, oh, I'm not being patient or, oh, I'm holding on to that, that wrong that they did. And, and I think, you know, these are very practical things that we can all do. If we are rooted in scripture as we're growing, as we're trying to love more, as we're on the journey, you know, going back and say like, how can I improve? How can I be the best version of myself, you know, but it's not easy. And so I've had, I've been in spiritual direction all these years. This happened in 2012. So it's been almost nine years and um, it wasn't, this isn't overnight and it's still evolving and God keeps opening more doors. And now he's got me back, you know, in film and television, but for evangelization. And so it's amazing. I was on set last year. I think it was like last October and we were shooting Jesus, my savior. And they had me praying, in this adoration, a fake adoration chapel, you know, for the sake of the, the shoot. Um, and here I am with candles all around me. And afterwards, the producer comes up to me and he says, Joel, I'm so sorry that it took so many hours to shoot that scene and you were surrounded by all those candles. And I just looked at him and I, I mean, we both like had tears in our eyes because I was like, I didn't even notice. That I was, I had for years, I feared the fire for yes. years. I feared the flames. And here I was in prayer, you know, on a TV show. And I didn't even notice because I was in the arms of our father. And um, to me, it's, you know, that's where I say a fire nearly took my life, but another fire saved it. And so there is healing to be had, you know, when we turn our lives to God, when we stay really close to the sacraments mm-hmm. and keep 
our, you know, our conscience needs to stay enlightened. We need to go to confession often. If, if we end up how I was and, and the sin blinds us, we won't see it anymore. And so, you know, um, I don't do anything special, or I wouldn't say special. I would say, you know, it's very simple. I go to confession a lot. I go to Holy <laughs> Communion a lot. I ask God to forgive me a lot. I ask others to forgive me a lot. And um, and just growing in that and just wanting to love. And um, I, I do a lot of work with the homeless. It's kind of a, a part of my ministry that I never really talk about publicly. And I'm not, not talking about out of humility or whatever. It just hasn't come up. But I will tell you that that is where I see God the most. I wow. see him in the street ministry. Mm-hmm. I see him in the eyes of the poor. Um, the stories that I have encountered from these people that they feel lost and forgotten about. It's not about the food. It's not about, you know, the clothes as much as it is about that connection. And again, it's, mm-hmm. it's turning back to the Lord. We find ourselves by giving ourselves and by seeing each other and by being that light and by saying yes. And so for everyone listening, I want to ask you, is there something that the Lord has been asking you to do for a while now and you haven't given your yes yet? Or you gave a yes, but you're like, yes, but not yet. Or yes, but later. I want to encourage you. I know this is, I think it's the scariest prayer we could ever say is God use me. (laughs) Yes, you have my yes, God use me. He wants to use you. We are at a time right now where you have been given very specific gifts and graces and God needs you. He needs you out there as his disciple. He needs you out there as his hands and feet and his love and his mercy because that's one of the greatest poverties as St. Mother Teresa said is that people do not feel loved. They don't feel known. We feel disconnected. Amen. Amen to all that. Well, let's talk about your ministries. Let's talk about life now as a in ministry. What did you... You've got a website, um, but the, and as you were saying, you're involved in many different projects. Can we talk a little bit about that now and, um, and sure. what sort of, uh, uh, I guess, present- as a speaker, what presentations do you give? Um, and it sounds like, yeah, there's quite a wide range of um, uh, service that you, you do offer. Um, and let's just dive in. Let, tell us about your main <laughs> <Sure>. website. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a speaker and evangelist, and I speak on a lot of topics. You can find them on my website, joelmarin.com. I speak a lot about love and relationships, theology of the body. Um, I actually teach the certifications uh, classes for the Diocese of Austin on theology of the body. I teach all the marriage prep classes. So I'm very um, well-versed in love, relationships, theology of the body. I do spiritual warfare talks, uh, discernment of spirits, uh, the St. Ignatius rules to discernment. I've taught that for many years. Um, And, you know, just whatever the Lord puts on my heart. You know, I think we have to stay true to the calling that he gives us. And Mm. so these are the main topics that I talk about. And obviously inner beauty and true beauty um, is a part of all of that. So I do speaking. I'm a host of a a couple TV shows right now. Uh, One is Beyond the Vision, and that is a Christian, um, it's it's for faith-based film. So we go into all these, you know, amazing faith-based films. We recently did uh, Pray, the story of Father Patrick Payton. Oh, and yes. yeah, 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 and we just did Selfie Dad, and so there's just amazing films. We did uh, What About the Kids, and with Jim Wahlberg, and so we wow. we bring light and evangelization through the arts, um, uh, through the faith, and so that's one show. We have another show. It's coming out. It's a it's a special show, uh, TV special for Christmas called Tuning Into Christmas, and that will be on ShalomWorld.org starting. 
the 19th of this month. So it will run from the 19th to the 25th. And it is Christian bands around the world. It's amazing how it's going to all get put together. We had almost 50 people I interviewed on one of the episodes. (laughs) So I'm just praying that it all, I'm sure it looks amazing, but it was, it was such a blessing to interview people with all different talents. Again, it's Mm. arts through the, um, uh, evangelization through the arts and to see like they all had different singing styles or a couple dance groups, just how they could take similar lyrics and make them their own or completely come up with something different. Everybody has mm-hmm. a different spin on it. We're all unique and unrepeatable as St. JB2 says. So I'm doing the hosting. I'm working on a Christian film. There's a lot of projects, you know, in the works. I have to tell you that when I returned back to the church and my soul was so humbled at seeing my sins and everything. I actually vowed to the Lord, and you're going to laugh at this. I told him I will never, ever go in front of people again (laughs) (laughs) or be on, yeah, or be on camera again or anything again, because it was all about me. And um, even I was supposedly Christian in my 12 years away from the church, but I was singing uh, on stage and I was the object of worship at this big non-denominational, you know, Christian, well, it was Christian church, but one of those, those bigger churches where it's all about the talking and the music. Yes, and yes. So it was all about me. And so I said, I'm never, ever going to go. And so even when I joined music ministry in the church, I was hiding behind the pillar. I'm like, oh, I don't want anyone to see me. <laughs> and so. <laughs> it was, it's a, God's so funny, right? And I've been on stage since I was five years old. My mother uh, had a, a theater company. I grew uh-huh. up in the theater. That's I've been right. auditioning my whole life. I've always had a microphone in my hand. I just never knew what I was supposed to talk about. And so God is like, yeah, no, we're going to have to break that vow because I need you to go out and now yeah. share <laughs> a message about me. And so I, I really want to say too, that when we turn our lives to the Lord, when we give our yes, amazing things happen and doors open. And you could say, well, how did you get the hosting job? How did you get this ministry job? It's honestly been divine providence. I pray. And I ask the Lord to to guide my every step and to open the doors that need to be open. And he does. And Charbel, you you asked me recently, who do I know? (laughs) And I love you, but it's such a Hollywood question, right? (laughs) And who do you know? And I said, I have a huge connection, a really big one. And you're like, who? And I'm like, God. Amen, brother. Yeah, amen to that. God. Absolutely. If, if, you, if you realize that we have the Absolutely. biggest connection on this planet yes. for all of us, and I know your, your journey has been similar, right? Where When you said, yes, God opens doors, Absolutely. and I can't wait to read your book yes. as well. He is the one that we need to know. Everything else will fall into place. And I want to encourage everyone listening as well that nobody, nobody, no person, no devil, no hater, mm-hmm. nobody can shut the doors that God opens for you. And that's in the book of Revelation. Nobody, if God has a plan for you and you say, yes, you just go for it. He's going to make it happen. Yeah. Spot on. I mean, this is exactly what our faith uh, calls us to. It's that surrender to to, to God's will. And he knows what's best for us. And that's, it can be scary, humanly speaking. But once we step into the arms of Christ, once we trust um, that he, He's got our back. Our Lord is with us. Our Lady is with us. Um, you know, the doors will open and, and that's a sign. Go through them. Some doors will close. That's a sign as well. That's fine. Yeah. And we, we can't sort of 
impose our will on, onto, onto whatever our destiny is. God has a plan. We just got to follow that plan. And that's where we find true happiness. Um, some great tips there. Um, just advice now. I mean, people who are, we've got about 10 minutes here. People who okay. maybe, why don't we start with um, the, the, the core message right now in today's culture um, where, where it is about ourselves. What You were there. What would you say to those people aspiring, yeah, to have the difference between, you know, the limelight being on us, and, mm-hmm. and what are we trying? What are we trying to achieve? Where is that? What are we searching for in, in today's culture? What would be your message for those people who may may not give God a chance right now, and they think it's God is not where it's at. Um, my career is where it's at, and I need to I need to pursue and, and be famous and and, and 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 do all all the things that the world's telling me to do. How do we find yeah. happiness? <laughs> well, again, again, and the heart has to be open. So none of this happened for me until I finally admitted that I didn't know what I was doing and mm. that I had nothing. Because what happens is the, the world is selling us the advertisements that you see. It's like, oh, do this and you're going to be desirable. Wear this and you're going to be sexy. Like, you know, especially mm-hmm. in, in that realm, too. There's all this like, do this and this is going to get you love yeah. at the at the end of it all. Everybody is looking for love. I was talking to a homeless man the other night. He's actually dying of hepatitis, I think C. And I said to him, what is it that you're looking for? Because he was so unhappy. And he said, I'm just looking for love and loyalty. Love and loyalty Loyalty. in his last days. That's all he wanted, you know. And so this is a man who's already been stripped of everything. But I know so many men and women, you know, like myself, who, you know, where I was, where we think this thing, this new gadget, this new outfit, this new job, this new whatever, this is going to do it. This new lipstick mm-hmm. is going to mm-hmm. change my life. And 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 I want to say that if you're listening to this and you've tried that and it didn't work, just open your heart. Just that simple act of surrender and just say, Lord, I need you. It's not about being perfect. It's not about knowing how to pray a special prayer. Conversion, you know, the Greeks call it metanoia. It's a change of heart that leads to a change of action. We have to first change our heart. We have to first go inside and say, I want more. This isn't working. You can keep trying those other things. But at the end of the day, you want to be loved. You want to be known. For women, we want to be wanted. Women want to be desirable. And so what happens is, you know, I've talked to youth as well, where they come to me, they come in at first, I'm not changing my ways and I'm going to sleep with whoever and blah, blah, blah. And by the end of our conversation, I said, this is really what you're looking for. They're crying and they're saying, Mm. you're right. And, you know, I have to admit, I wore that outfit because I wanted attention and I got the attention. But you know what? It wasn't the attention that I was looking for. And for men, men love honor and respect. And so there's nothing, I want to also say there's nothing wrong. There's a holy desire under all of these desires, right? It's just Mm -hmm. through concupiscence and original sin, our heart tugs a little bit the wrong direction. So there's nothing wrong with wanting to be known and wanting to be loved. It's just that there's only one way that's going to fill that. And that is turning to the Lord. And so men love to be respected and honored and, and that's a beautiful thing. So maybe we just need to start saying, I hear so many men tell me, if my wife would just call me, I hear my buddy on the phone with his wife and she's like, thank you, honey, so much for everything you do mm-hmm. for us. He's like, if my wife would just call me and say that, I would want to come home to her. Yeah, well, so, you something know, just, so simple. Yeah. yeah. 
it can be so hard for many. Something that's so, so simple that might take 30 seconds, but imagine yeah. relationships uh, that will just skyrocket and go strength to strength with those little improvements. You, you sp I, I understand your, your audience. You speak to quite a wide variety. And it's not just, it, it, you might think for the first time you're speaking to young uh, teenage girls, but in fact, you speak to high school students, you speak to adults, uh, those yes. now married couples. Uh, tell us a bit about um, who you, I guess, reach. It's, I mean, it is for everybody, but how yeah. you sort of tailor different different courses and different different shows and different things are for different. So tell us a bit about, um, yeah, the, the different audiences yeah. that you do come across. Yeah, and, and I'm just going to be very upfront and honest with this. When the Lord called me to this work, a lot of people said, who's your target audience or mm. what's your niche? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm an evangelist. Like it's yeah, whoever it. God puts in front of me. But you know, the Holy Spirit shapes that stuff over time. He shapes the message as we keep saying yes. And so I have had a wide variety of audiences. You know, I've done a lot with youth. I've done a lot with uh, married people. I've done a lot with single people. I've done youth with their parents there. <laughs> it's really just about where the where God sends me, you know, and and what doors He wants to open and where He wants me to be. And I'll be honest, I I do a lot of women talks, but I also do a lot of men's talks, and I would love to do more men conferences because a lot of men come up to me after my talks, especially the theology of the body talk, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Thank you, thank you." They wanted to hear from a woman that there's not something wrong with them. They wanted to hear that their desires in themselves weren't bad, but the culture sold them a set of lies. And that's why they're miserable because, you know, and, and I just, I love a man's heart, how tender and precious it is. And the culture is like, oh, you can't show that part of yourself. Well, you know, men do have emotions and do have feelings and are looking for more and do want to be the hero. And when I'm like, here's how you could be the hero. They're like, yay, I want to do it, you know, but, but here's why you're not the hero because the world told you to do X, Y, and Z. And that's not working for you. And I can give some vivid examples, but I'm not going to right now for the sake of everyone's ears, but I've had men say some crazy stuff and now they know why it's not working. And so I, I love to work with men, women, young, old, it's, it's whoever God calls me to be. And I think that's what being a true evangelist is. And, you know, I work with, I pray with the leaders of the church and I also pray with the poor. I don't want to ever limit God. And so um, I just go where he tells me to go. Yeah, that's amen. At one point, as you're speaking about the men and women, I mean, we, we typically, we, we've seen for a long time now, of course, there's been problems in history and, and there's been a strong feminist movement, which is responding to a problem with a lack of masculinity out there and, and men not being mm -hmm. men, not being respectful, not being gentlemen. But then there's also what may not have been understood is, is many times uh, in, in, especially in Catholic circles, you know, we, we do, and, and rightly so, men need to step up to the bar. We have to raise men. They have to just man up. But sometimes yeah. it can be uh, overwhelmingly a bit of a bashing fest. <laughs> so men get bashed so much. And so it's like that once you've crushed them, <laughs> you have to somehow lift them mm -hmm. up and let them live up. And, and, and I think uh, men, uh, what I've sort of come across in many different groups is... Uh, they feel like it's it's always the man's fault, and it's like okay, well, ha what hope is there for it? And so, imagine having yeah. a woman speak to men uh, is also quite interesting because it's a, a completely different angle, and you can really, um, yeah, really open open up different, yeah, different and ways. 
And, and I think it gives them hope, especially mm. men are supposed to be the head of the household and the leaders in a, in a relationship. And so, yes, am I a strong woman? Absolutely. Am I, am I a feminist? No, I want a man to be a man. I want a woman to be a woman. We're nurturers. You know, we have something different to offer. Women are more interior, even, you know, biologically, right? Men are exterior and they're called to be the protectors and the providers and the leaders. And so what I try to, to say to men is, be someone that your your woman wants to follow <laughs> because a woman doesn't want to follow a bad leader, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be brought into something where we feel safe and protected. And, and the only way that's going to happen is through a relationship with the Lord. And, you know, what's interesting is I'll have men come up to me after I speak and say, I need to start reading the Bible. I want to be that strong leader. I want to do this for my family and for my children and for future generations. And they feel like they're given a mission. And so I don't know why we're not, we're spending so much time bashing each other instead instead of saying, like, your masculinity is awesome. You're amazing. And, and if you redirect all that energy and all that testosterone to the right things, you can make a huge change in the world and in your relationships. And uh, bring God, and be God's love, right? Jesus was a man, <laughs> and and Saint Joseph is is an amazing example too, as well as 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 that protection and that fatherhood. And and think about how vulnerable the Lord is. And so men can also be vulnerable. Think about how he took the form of a baby, an hmm. innocent, sweet, vulnerable baby, to amazing. be nurtured and loved. And I think that men also have to take the time to allow a woman to love them, allow them to be the nurturers, to kind of, you know, take those, that shell off that like, oh, I've got it all together. No, it's okay sometimes to say, you know what, I don't have it all together, but I want to, and I'm working on this too. And to have that vulnerability to come in with that childlike faith, with that trust that the Lord will provide just like he did for the Holy Family. And I think in Advent right now, is a time to make room for that stuff in our hearts, right? It's a time for the Lord to be born in our hearts, for the Holy Spirit to be activated and working in our lives. It's a beautiful, tender, extremely tender time of the year, especially for the families in the world, and, and, and which we are under attack, right? We find ourselves in this yes. pandemic situation. And I know a lot of people are just, you know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder and they're spending too much time together. Mm-hmm. But there's different ways to reconnect. And, you know, one of those is going back to the roots of why are you together in the first place? And going to what, what makes this person happy? How can I bring joy to them? How can I deny myself something and give to them today? And I really think that once men and women start to do that is where the relationship will begin to blossom. And we're again, we're putting God, we're putting him in the center of everything. And people are suffering right now. I know mm. that. I know that. I see it. I feel it. I'm suffering. We all are in some way. Like it's killing me right now that I can't just fly to Australia and just have this <laughs> interview in person. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's a very small suffering compared to yeah. what, what the world is going through and some of my other ones. But but I also don't want to preach a message. I think sometimes people will say, oh, you you got it all together, Joelle. Like, your life is amazing. You came to God. I hope you see his light in me. I do because I, I know it's there, right? But it's only from grace. We all have suffering. We all have trials, the differences, and they're not going away in our life. I'm not going to preach something like there's some gospels out there where people are like, oh, do you follow the Lord and you're going to be rich or follow. And you know what? You could be. I don't limit God, by the way. I say you give me whatever we need and then some and I'll, and tell me what to do with it, you know, but we have to realize that Jesus lived the, the suffering and his face 
is a face of suffering. It's also a face of love and mercy. And we're called to be his face mm. in the world. Mm. We're called to be his hands and his feet. Yes. And so when we say yes, we're, it's not a suffering of like, oh, I'm scared to say yes to God because I'm going to suffer. It's just realizing you're going to suffer anyway. For anyone listening that hasn't turned your life to God, you're just going to suffer even more because you don't know how to unite your cross. But when we unite our cross, and this is an act of the will to say, Lord, I unite my cross with yours because I know you died to save me and your burden is light and I can't handle this. You can't believe the peace that flows and you can't believe the grace and the peace that flows from the cross into our suffering. And it's not that the suffering goes away, it's that we're able to bear it. Mm, you know, and sometimes it. people can read the lives of the saints and be intimidated. I know I was. It's like where they're like, oh, give me more suffering. Give me more suffering. And I'm and I'm just kind of like, Lord, you've given me enough. <laughs> I don't know if I need to ask for anymore, but I'm open to whatever you allow in my life. And I'm going to ask for the grace and strength to get through it. And you know what? A lot of souls and a lot of conversions will happen when our suffering becomes redemptive, when it's when it's not purposeless. And I think that's a huge thing we're suffering right now is a feeling of purposelessness, where yeah. it's yeah. like, I don't know why I'm here. And I've gotten some, you know, text messages and, and prayer requests for people who are suicidal. And I know that what they're really looking for, they say when someone wants to kill themselves, it's not that they want to die. It's that they want a reason to live. And so I know there's some people listening to this right now where that thought's been on your mind. Why am I here? Why am I suffering? And, 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 and you want that Christmas joy. And I just want to remind you that you are here for a purpose and a reason. And God loves you. He died to save you. He didn't die to just save one person. He died to save you. You are the one. You're the one that he thought of when he was on the cross. And so our life here isn't about suffering, but let me tell you the joy that we're going to see in heaven, the joy of the saints, the joy that begins to be born in our hearts when we take the time to remember that Jesus Christ came into the world as a little baby, vulnerable, humble, that love and mercy entered itself. Allow his love, his mercy to enter in. And I want to say another thing is that one of the hardest people to forgive is ourselves. I think I struggled with that the most. Even after I went back to my first confession, after being 12 years away from the church, I went back a week later and I confessed I didn't forgive myself, that I didn't feel forgiven. And, and, and God is not a feeling. That's right. He's a commitment. It's our faith. And a lot of times in the gospel, you know, we hear over and over again, go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has set you free. The truth will set you free. We need to forgive ourselves. We can't live in shame. We can't live in the past of our identity. We need to move forward in our future. And I, this is coming up right now, so I just want to talk about it. I've been um, praying about Joshua 4, and I know, Charbel, you just did a talk on yes. Joshua, so yay, Joshua. Um, but, I, you know, Joshua 4 has come up in my prayer a lot because after 40 years in the desert, which, by the way, guys, we're all spending the 40 years in the desert. We're trying not to. We want to get to the promised land, right, in a couple of weeks or so. But we are human. We are weak humans. And this is what humility is. Humility is saying, like, I really need you, Lord. I believe in your supernatural grace and strength, but I need you. That's humility. But a lot of times we spend that 40 years in the desert because we stop trusting. We stop walking in faith. But once Joshua finally led the Israelites into the promised land, right, and the Jordan River parts, That's they right. go back to get 12 stones that were in the middle of where the water was parted, right, to put on the other side as a remembrance yes. to say this is what God 
has done for us. And so if we're going to look back at anything in our lives, let it not be our faults and our sins. Let us look back to what the Lord has done for us, to the promise that he made, that these become the rocks in our life. And I've been, you know, studying rocks and, you know, Jesus is our rock, obviously, and all that. But, you know, we have to, I had a nun once say to me, that the Jewish people, they walk forward in the future backwards, keeping their eyes on these rocks in their life, keeping their eyes on the promise. What if we started walking forward, not having to worry about where we're going, but just trusting because we look back at the rocks in our lives and say, God will provide. God made a promise. He did it then. He'll do it again. And I want to leave you with this as well. Something you can do to remember these rocks. A, write them down. B, you can come up with a, a prayer wall. I had this in my closet for a while. It's down now. I turned it into a photo album and it's in my book as well as an activity, but you can actually make a little photo album. Take a picture of a time that God provided for you in your life or a scripture that touched your heart or a kind note that somebody sent you and make like a scrapbook or a photo album of all the times that you witnessed God in your life. And maybe it's just been a couple things to put in there right now, but start with something. And as you open your heart and as you walk in faith and become a true disciple of Christ, that book is gonna fill up because you're gonna start seeing God around you everywhere and in others and in your circumstances and in the scriptures at daily mass, where you're going to go and say, wow, I needed to hear that. I needed to be reminded of that. I needed my true identity back. And you know, when those lies come in your head or people try to tear you down or say, you're not enough, or you're never going to amount to anything, or God would never use you. You open this book back up and you look at the rocks in your life and say, God is bigger than you. Think about how big God is. He made He made the whole planet. He made the you know all the the stars in the sky and the sea and and our problems to us are so gigantic. He's Amen. bigger. He's our rock. Love it, love it, love it. Feels like we can go for hours, uh, Joelle, but we're out of time, unfortunately. But um, oh my goodness, yeah, you've got. Uh, so much to give and, and, and to teach. And so I, I highly recommend people to visit your website. So just that website again, um, if you can give us, how, how sure. do people get in touch with you? Yes, it's uh, www.joellemarin.com. And on social media, you can find me at joellemarin, J-O-E-L-L-E-M-A-R-Y-N. Awesome. Please, please do yourself a favor, visit the website, get to know all the work uh, that Joelle is doing. It is powerful. As you can see, she is on fire for the Lord. And wow, um, what a witness, what a witness. I don't know what more to say. I was just uh, sort of sitting here and just taking it all in and just absorbing and yeah, feel, feel like going to do something right now, right? So uh, it, it, that's, that's the point, <laughs> inspiring us. So please keep inspiring. We're praying for you, Joelle. Thank you for everything you Thank do you. Um, and being a part of the pilgrimage as well. And we hope to have you on again. I, I just feel like uh, we could we could probably pick different themes and have you on uh, again and again and again for different different. <laughs> I topics. would love to. So yeah. that'll be wonderful. Um, awesome. So we are, I'd like to invite everyone. Uh, we are transitioning into the novena. Uh, this will be tomorrow. So day one of the nine day novena leading up to Christmas Day. You've heard so many beautiful tips today and and. Um, inspirational stories. So I hope you've been encouraged today by Joelle's story. And uh, thank you for joining us. Pray for us at Perusia Media. Um, Visit the website perusiamedia.com and uh, have a blessed Advent and leading up to Christmas.